husband rapes and kills innocent maids, and wife wears and sells their clothes. What on earth is this slaying love chemistry going on? Welcome to Mistropolis, where we gather, talk about crimes, conspiracies, mysteries, and all that jazz. I'm a true crime fan. If you're a fangirl or a fanboy obsessing over true crime, come on in. I was waiting for you. Hello, glad you're here. Please don't forget to like and subscribe if you like the cases I bring to you. And please keep coming back. This was one of a kind case that dates back to 1850s and considered the first serial killing case in France. It grabbed huge, huge public and media attention so much that when the killer was executed, there were about 5,000 people to witness his head get chopped off. And that wasn't even end of it, you all. Can't really blame them, they didn't have much of entertainment going on on those days, so... Well, someone's getting head chopped, let's go and watch. Just saying, I don't know, I wasn't there. In this episode, we will divulge into how this seemingly normal couple lured young women into their homes and... Surprise, surprise! More of a shock, I would say. 51-year-old Martin Dumala and his wife Marianne Martinet were arrested in mid-1861 after a young woman reported an incident of attempted assault by a local man. Soon after the arrests were made, the authorities were shocked with what was to unfold. He was nicknamed the Maid Killer and the Monster of AIM. On late evening of May 28, 1961, a distraughted young woman ran frantically towards a farm. It appeared something or someone was after her life. She managed to reach the farm unharmed, but was in disarray with terror in her eyes, gasping for air. She knocked, knocked, and knocked. Mr. Jolly, the owner of the farm, opens the door to find this young woman asking for help. He takes her in and comforts her. He was very quick on his feet to inform the policeman at Monwell. This woman, her name was Marie Peshaw, and I know I totally slotted her last name. I apologize. I'm trying my best. So... This woman, her name was Marie Peshaw. She worked as a domestic maid in Lyon and she tells them what had happened earlier that day. She was standing by a bridge looking for work and that was a different time, you all. So you have to go out and look for work and no putting up your resume online. So while she was standing there with all her belongings ready to leave anywhere the new, jo new job will take her, she was approached by a simple looking country man clad in humble clothing. He told her that he was a gardener at a chateau near Monwell and his employer is in search of a housemaid for housekeeping along with looking after three cows. That was very specific. He also offered a handsome annual play. Pay, sorry. Money, money, money. It takes you places. He was the average height and was harmless looking, so she agreed to come along. She and the man boarded the train from Lyon to Monwell that covered a distance of 25 kilometers, 15 miles. By the time they arrived, darkness had already set in. From the Monwell station, it was a few minutes' walk to their destination, Danube, where his house was at. She followed him through dark paths, pathways, crossing several fields and patches of woods. At some point, he suggested that they leave her luggage in the bushes and he would come the following day to collect it. It was already getting late and trunk was kind of slowing them down. 
This made sense to her, so she agreed. As they walked through the woods, she noticed that the man was arming himself with stones and sticks. This started making Mary very uneasy. She refused to go any further and started walking away from the man. Then he tried to drop a cord with slipknot over her head. It's like a con- uh, Honda knot, if you know, which is used to control or catch animals. She ducked. He missed her by a few inches, I'm assuming, and she started running madly in the darkness. He ran after her, throwing stones and sticks at her. She was young, so she was able to leave him behind. People are fed those days. Oh, except the rich. They have gouts. That's how she reached Jolly Farms. She gave authorities description of the place where they had left her luggage and how the attacker looked like. The policemen were sent to retrieve her belongings, but it wasn't found. There had been few other similar cases in the area specific. This was not the first one. They theorized that the attacker in this case particular and all the other cases are very much in line. Methods were same, assaults, robbery, female victims and all the attacks happened after sunset. So they tried to dig more information about the man. She told them that he was over 40 and had a hump on his back and swelling and scarring on his lips. Ding ding ding, bingo! They knew a local dweller of Danu fitting the profile like a glove. It was 51-year-old Martin Dumoulin. They started investigating the matter and learned through the neighbors that the Dumoulin couple acted very suspicious. Martin would go out on his nightly excursion in the area, just roaming around in the dark in the woods. And his wife was no less. She too displayed strange behavior and they would keep to themselves most of the time. The police visited Dumala residence and questioned the couple. They were asked to account for the time on the day Marie Bouchard was attacked. Both gave contradicting replies. When house was searched, they found clothes and personal belongings of several women in their possession. Garters, stockings, jewelry and all those big puffy dresses they used to wear like a lot of things. I like to look back into the life of criminals, their modus operandi and what could have contributed to such extreme behaviors. I'm no expert in human behavior but it intrigues me. <laughs> but you can't always blame the circumstances. Some people are born stinky and suck for no reason. So our guy Martin Tumala. He was born in 1810 to Pierre Tumala and Marie Joseph Ray. Martin's father was a native of West Hungary and had fled the country to escape his criminal past. In France, he married his mother and settled in. 1814, when Martin was just four, his father Pere Dumala's past caught up with him when Astro, Hungarian Force Army, was in town and they recognized him as a wanted criminal. He was later executed by dismemberment in front of a large crowd. Public entertainment those days, you all. Or maybe they used it as an example. This is what you get for screwing up. In general terms, it's pulling, removing or tearing limbs of a living being. It was a commonly practiced capital punishment in those days. So I googled it and I read some dreadful things. It is uh, where person's limbs were tied to a rope and were pulled in all opposite directions by the horsemen. It is said that his wife was at the event to witness her husband being pulled in all directions. Dreadful. 
Martin grew up without a father and early on in life he started taking responsibilities. At the age of eight, he started working as a shepherd for a local farm. When in teens, he took several odd jobs and finally started working as a servant in a castle where he met his wife, Marianne Martinet. They courted each other for years before getting married in June of 1840. Couple settled in Commune of Danube, but in 1842 he fled to Lyon after committing several thefts in the area. He returned and couple started training young maids in their house. They had previously worked in castles and they had enough experience to upskill young women willing to work in the castle and mansions. Their crime career started in the year 1855. His modus operandi was to reach out to young women looking for work as a maid in the area of Lyon. The couple offered to train them at their house and would recommend them to employers for a little commission. But things started getting darker at their house and they started torturing and beating up women during their stay. Many women would escape leaving their belongings and wife would wear their clothes and resell them at the local market. Over 1,200 clothing articles of women, from hats to garters to dresses and other personal belongings that were found at the house were later associated to their victims. Martin's job was to lure young women into their homes. As much as his wife enjoyed getting new clothes and jewelries, he enjoyed chasing women in woods before raping and choking them. It was like a hunting game for him. Their first known victim was Marie Bidet. I'll just call her Marie B because it appears to me Marie was the first choice of name to every parent then. In February of 1955, Marie B's naked body was discovered by hunters near a forest. Authorities were informed and they called a photographer. The photographs of the victim's body were displayed in church for people to look and give any information on. I know weird but different time. There was no other way to find her identity, I suppose. It took several months before her family came forward and was able to give some information. Her roommate told authorities that she was offered a high-paying job by a middle-aged man. After that fine day, she was never seen again. Two suspects were arrested but later released in light of lack of evidence. Much later, Martin was connected to this murder. In year 1955, he lured four young women in separate occasions with the promise of a good paid job. He picked the first girl at the same bridge where maids would stand with their luggage in search of an employer. He approached her and she agreed to come along. Soon they left Leon, he assaulted her and dropped her. She managed to run to a nearby farm for help. Second and third victim sensed something was wrong because his first impression would always be of a humble, simple man. But the moment they were away from the people in the woods, his personality would flip. He would ask them about their savings very keenly and would offer to carry their trunks. Both women found it very odd. They outsmarted him and ran to nearby farms for help. He wasn't a good runner, it seems. Same happened with the fourth victim in 1955. He offered 22-year-old a good job. She agreed to go with him. On their way, he persuaded her to put all her precious things in a small trunk and he offered to carry it. The moment he got the trunk in his possession, he fled. He just fled. He ran away, leaving behind these skid marks. 
January 1859, a girl was looking for a job. She had just lost her residency due to her pregnancy. OMG, unwed mom, so inappropriate. Get over it, society. So this poor lady was desperate for work and needed a place to stay. Martin offered her a job. Next day, they were to travel together. As night fell, we know Martin gets nutty as a fruitcake. He attacked her and tried to pull her apron that had all her savings. She screamed so loud that he does a runner. She already had a bad day and with all those hormones, not today Satan. Her cries attracted two villagers. These two gentlemen help her and take her to the local police. She had no documents on her to prove her identity as it was stolen by the man she was trying to file a complaint against for stealing her things. But because she had no ID on her, she was charged with vacancy. And police didn't believe her. No words. I won't even comment on this. Like, wow. So Martin had this pattern. He used to often travel to Lyon to get the maids. On some days, he used to stay the night at a specific inn run by a couple and ate dinner at 7 every time. In beginning of Feb 1860, one evening he presented himself with a young girl whose he said was his niece and took a room with two beds. That night, this girl ran out of the inn and was chased by Martin. She was never seen again. Later in the investigation, the innkeepers formally recognized the tote and the dress of the girl amongst the object taken from Dumala's home, which suggests an additional murder. 1960, he attacked another maid for her belongings and she was able to escape. So after he robbed her, he was on his way when he met two peasants who asked him what he was doing in the area. These two men were the same men who helped that pregnant maid, the same woman who tried to file a complaint against the attack. Martin had distinct features, so they were able to testify against him in the court. Investigation on Dumla couple started after Marie Pichon escaped his attack in 1961. Several attacks were linked to the couple. Mid-1961, soon after the couple was arrested, wife started spilling all the beans. She told the police that her husband had killed a girl in Montman Woods in 1958. She said one day Martin returned home with a trunk full of clothes, including a pair of gold earrings. He then put victim's body in the trunk and went to Monville Station, from there to Montwoods, where he buried her. His wife took police to the location and remains were found. Martin always denied it. After his arrest, two sisters came forward to report disappearance of their sister earlier same year. They told authorities that sister was approached by a man who offered her a job. They were able to identify her things amongst the pile seized from Dumla house. His wife Marianne again snitched on her husband, but she was not able to help with the exact location of the body. She gave a general area, so they took Martin along and he was like, okay, I'll give you the body, I'll tell you where it is. Her body was exhumed and it was from the findings, it was concluded that she was raped and buried alive. Since then, the area is known as the Woods of the Dead. During the seven long years lunacy phase of this couple, several maids were robbed, assaulted and killed. Many disappeared with no trace. Total number of victims are still unknown.
This was the first serial killing case in France. This bizarre case attracted media's attention. The courthouse welcomed journalists from several local and national periodicals. A renowned bookseller was responsible for the trial's transcript. Trial was held in front of 4,000 to 5,000 people. Everyone was there to have a look at the weird couple. Martin Dumla was sentenced to death and his wife Marianne was sentenced to 20 years of penal labor. While awaiting his execution, Martin was visited by several priests and even the bishop himself. Special one-on-one. You know how holy men are, like, they believe it's not evilness in the men, but the Satan that makes him do things. Mm. Trying to help him to find gods and ask for forgiveness in his last few days. But Martin is Martin. He was unaffected by all this and he never confessed to anything else other than what was already proved in court of law. He was informed of the execution method chosen by the guillotine. Uh, wait. Guillotine. Guillotine. To which he reacted by saying, quote, I like it better than to be like my father, quartered on a wheel, being pulled in all direction by horses, end quote. His father was executed by dismemberment, if you remember. On the day of execution, he had his last meal with his wife and then was taken to Monwell on horseback, where a large crowd of about 5,000 awaited. He had a cup of coffee and a glass of wine. He was executed around 7 o'clock in the morning. Guillotine is a machine with a heavy blade sliding vertically in grooves, used to behead people. I'm struggling with that word. His head was quickly sent to Lyon Medical School in a special box and his body was buried in cemetery of Monwell Chapel. I know, nothing to joke about, but if a headless ghost is seen in the area, everyone knows who might that be, Martin. Studies were done on his head and several plaster casts were made from his head. And to this day, they are kept in museum. Could have never pronounced that in a million years. These head cast has some of his real skin, which have been preserved. I don't know for what purposes. Oh, that's a first serial killer. How exciting. Let's just keep his skin. I don't know. I think, uh, mm. Several books have been written on him. Few authors have even tried to portray him in a different light, saying, oh, he was a lonely orphan. Alone in the world, who worked to live and stole at the age of five. His mother died when he was 40, by the way. Don't play that card. Oh, his wife, Marianne Martinet, died in prison. This was the true crime story of Martin Dumala and his wife, Marianne Martinet, the maid killers. I really hope you enjoyed this true crime from France, 1850s. Wow, that's almost 170 years. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy my content and for next episode, I'll come back with the body in barrel in the basement. Thank you so much. Bye.